Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Dakota Lasky, a.k.a. Dak City. I am here with my man, Doom Little Cross. Doom, how are you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing pretty great, you know. Uh, I've unfortunately had to step away from the podcast for what, feel, what feels like a lot lo- longer than it probably has been. I think we've only done, like, what, three or s- three episodes or so without me since then, but it feels like it's been months since I've made my last appearance, but you know, we've just been grinding away and it's all been going to a good cause for next week. I will finally be holding my bachelor's degree in recording nice. and audio production. It's very excited to finally be there and uh, unrelated as well. But you know, all of you listening right now are listening on Tuesday, probably. However, we are recording on a Sunday. So I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the uh, wonderful mamas out there, you know for putting up with our stuff, for raising us, you know, y'all the real MVPs, for real. Yes, happy Mother's Day, congratulations on your graduation, that's awesome, and yeah, welcome back everybody to the show, it is the weekly Metroid show here at the Omega Metroid podcast, and OmegaMetroid.com, which if you haven't checked it out by now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can you can see the link below, you can check it out, we have all the best guides, news, um, and so much more reviews obviously the podcast you can check out the patreon as well and this week on the show we're talking some more metroid we're actually jumping back to metroid prime remastered which i'm sure is still on everyone's minds as it's still a relatively recent game at least you know for metroid fans i'm sure it's at least on the minds of many and it released back in early february and just recently nintendo sent out presented, released, I don't know what the best word for it would be, but uh, their their fiscal year earnings report essentially came out, their financial results from the past financial year um, for Nintendo, and we finally got our first big sales numbers for Metroid Prime Remastered, which is something that we've been looking forward to for a little while to see how the game has performed, especially not only on its own, but against, you know, Metroid Dread and other games on the Switch. So we're going to jump into that today on the show. We're going to talk a little bit more about Metroid Prime Remastered, and we're going to, you know, share our thoughts, what we think about the sales, what they were, how they kind of figure into where Metroid is on the Switch so far. Um, Before I jump into that, though, before we all jump into that real quick, um, have have you played Tears of the Kingdom? Doom? Have you played it? I yet? haven't. I I was hoping that I could get some okay. time in a couple the last couple days or so, but I haven't so far. I'm probably not going to be able to get around to it until uh, Tuesday when you all are actually listening to this podcast. That's okay. probably when I'll finally be playing it. But uh, yeah, I I already had it pre-ordered. It's sitting right there on my Switch, tantalizing me. So so yeah. you do have it. You just you're just waiting yes. to jump in. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So have you seen any clips or? Or comments. I know you're you avoid spoilers entirely, but I'm interested if you've even maybe seen a little bit of gameplay since people have gotten their hands on the game. I saw one funny meme clip, and uh, I don't think I can describe it. I don't think that content is a. Uh, I know what you're talking podcast. about. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you know I, the I clip I'm talking about. about. But uh, I got a good laugh from that one. If you uh, if you know that one, I know what you're talking about, and I've seen a lot of that stuff, and I it's. I'm I'm I don't know how I feel about it. On one hand, it's like wow, this is actually like really cool. It's like Legos. It's like Minecraft. It's like you can get you know really crazy. It's I mean, if I was one of the developers of Banjo and Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, I'd be like wow, inspired by Banjo and Kazooie episode right there. <laughs> and but on the other hand, it's like is it even 
is it a Zelda game? I don't know. I, I hate I hate to go as far as to say like is it a Zelda game, but when I look at it, I'm like it doesn't. It almost feels like if I were to be playing it, it wouldn't scratch the Zelda itch to me. It looks like a really fun game, but like it doesn't look like a really fun Zelda game to me. If that makes, I don't know. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. So I'm 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 gonna give it a try myself, but uh, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are there when you finally get to play it earlier this week. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'll actually have free time, so yeah. <laughs> And and Andy, of course, is busy covering the game. Um, you know, he's I think he's played I'm sure he's played by now 40, 50, 60 hours of the game, I'd have to imagine. I'm sure he's every waking moment he's been playing uh the game. So I hope he's enjoying it. I hope everyone that it's playing is enjoying it. It does look like a lot of fun. Um I think I'm debating on whether or not to pick it up because I will be leaving for a vacation um in the middle of this coming week, and I'm curious if maybe it's worth uh pick it up Zelda and maybe playing it on the flight. So yeah, looking forward sounds to like that. A, sounds like a chill game to play on a flight. If you ask me, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're being sarcastic or not. Well, I'm, yeah, it's a chill <laughs> game. You know, you just, you know, you relax, you build some stuff, the, you know, the crazy clips I've seen on Twitter look anything but relaxing. So like, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, no, it looks honestly, I, I, mean, love... I mean, for the exploration aspect, I think that would make for a good flight. That's true, yeah. I See, I loved Banjo and Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, and back then I was like, this isn't really a Banjo game. It's a really fun game, and that's kind of... I, I think I think that game is underrated. I agree with I you. Agree. I agree. I, I like that game, and I, so that's kind of how I look at it. I'm like, I don't know if it really looks like a Zelda game to me, like gameplay-wise. Obviously, aesthetically it does, um, but it looks like a lot of fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to giving it a try, but I have not picked it up just yet. Anyway, let's jump into Metroid Prime Remastered, and... I guess as a whole, this this big result. So, I mean, there's like the whole earnings report, right? Which I don't think we're going to jump into. Maybe we can jump into it on, you know, later in the show. But really the salient stuff we want to talk about here is revolving around Metric Prime Remastered. But we got a lot of numbers on how the Switch is doing several years into its lifespan, right? So it's kind of crazy. The Switch has now been out for over half a decade it's what, like six, seven years old now? Like it's now. Yeah, it's it's on the seventh year right yeah. now, I believe. So if my math is correct, which it usually is not, but I believe it's on the seventh year. <laughs> I'm relying on your math, so I can't say anything. <laughs> but I'm sure, and and I think there's been some talk about it. Is you know Nintendo? How Nintendo looks at the console now that I'm pretty sure, like I mean, hardware sales I'm sure aren't gaining every year now, right? Um, and they're kind of relying on these big software releases to keep traction going. And it's interesting how things kind of are playing out as once again, Switch 2, Switch Pro, you know, speculations coming back in. And Metroid Prime 4 is a game that I've even seen kind of now like, oh, if there's a new Switch, if there's a new console, it might even be a launch game for it. It might even be a launch title, which I think has been kind of part of the discussion. But yeah, I feel, I feel like that's always been a part it's of been the discussion. Part of it, but, but I think now it feels more like, yeah. like, con- like not concrete, but like more likely. And something I think I would be okay with, because at this point, I think if they come out with a new system, it's going to be um, backwards compatible, right? Like if it, it'll be like Metro Prime 4, I would assume is going to come out on the Switch and for the Switch 2 or Switch Pro, whatever it is, is my guess. To be fair, this is Nintendo. And if there's one thing you can count on Nintendo doing, it's the opposite of the obvious decision that would make I, them money. I agree, <laughs> but like that man, makes I, I do I do think I do think the next console will be backwards compatible with the Switch. Yeah, I, I think it has to be. With the amount of people that own a Switch, there's just no way they ex- they they're gonna I, I just don't see how they could expect the amount of people that bought a Switch then also buy a Switch too. 
You know, I just mm-hmm. can't. I can't see that. So unless, I feel like if it wasn't backwards compatible, I feel like that would just be like a death sentence for the next console. It would be. I really think it would be. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, maybe Metro Prime Four goes that way. But more specifically, we got the first global sales results and data for Metroid Prime Remastered. So let's just contextualize this, right? So Metroid Prime Remastered came out at the beginning. Uh, I want to say it was like the beginning of the second week of It was uh, like February, February 8th, I believe, February right? 8th or 9th, yeah. So Shadow, uh, Shadow Drop during that Nintendo Direct that happened that day. It was only available digitally for the first two weeks of its avail window and then became available physically. So... The, these results, by the way, I, I I feel like I've seen people say that these are only um, digital results. It's physical and digital from this report. So it says so right on the chart that these results are on. Um, so it's physical and digital. But remember that the digital um, sales were ahead of physical by two weeks. Game only costed $40. But these results are only for essentially three or four weeks of February. Two of those weeks were only digital and then March. That's it. These all these are all the sales from just about two months, less than two months. And in that time, globally, Metro Prime remastered over one million and ninety thousand copies of Metro Prime remastered were sold globally for the Nintendo Switch. So this was, I mean, pretty big news that I think a lot of people in the community, I mean at least people who kind of care about, you know, just the general well-being of the franchise wanted to see more, you know, are more than a casual fan. We're looking forward to seeing how this game performed. Certainly no one wanted if they're a Metroid fan, especially if they're a Metroid Prime fan, don't want to see bad results coming out of this because as as much as Metroid Dread sold millions of units, nothing is, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed, right? While things are are great like who knows when the next Metro game is going to come. So I wanted to talk about this today, Doom, because you specifically had a very different opinion than me at uh, out of the gate on these results. And I was curious um, if you still had those feelings about a week later. And then if you if you do, why? And if you don't, why not? Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned out of the gate because, you know, after that first day... So so I guess let, let's, go, let's go through the series of emotions because... Basically, where I stand right now is I think these are good. I think these are just objectively, not in my opinion, objectively good results. I think they're. I think it's a. I, I think it hit about expectations of what you'd expect, like from the Metroid series. I personally am a little disappointed just because I personally wanted more. I wanted this game to like maybe shatter into unrealistic expectations. <laughs> I was hoping, you know, maybe that like, hey, you know, 20 years later, the internet, everyone raving about it, maybe that word of mouth will get out more. Mm-hmm. You know, the Switch has a bigger install base than the GameCube did. So maybe, especially after the momentum of Metroid Dread, maybe, you know, that will help carry it forward. Not quite. It's sold about on par what you would expect, you know, a Metroid game to sell at, mm-hmm. which which is which is great. That's fan. We that's what we want. We want that. We want it to sell on par. And this is objectively good, and and that's fine. What I will say, though, and a lot of people are not bringing up this part, and this is more into the positive realm as well. You know, we've been, you know, we've been having this debate for about two years now on whether or not we consider Metroid Dread sales a success. Uh, I'm on the side that thinks it absolutely is. I believe you are too. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've had these conversations with pe- people who I respect, by the way. So no shade against them, but you know, you know, I've had conversations with a lot of people about this, and if anything. I feel like these out of the gate 1 million sales for Prime just further emphasizes how much of an incredible success that the 3 million 
sales for Dread so far is in the Switch's life. And I, and I imagine that's where it's going to peter out at the um, uh, near the end of the Switch's lifespan as well. But even still, I think that just puts into further context just how great that number is. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people kind of take for granted how, you know, what it means to sell a million units of a game, right? Like, the Switch is wildly popular, but, like, not every game is, is Smash or... Breath of the Wild or Super Mario Odyssey, like those games sell tens of millions of units, right? But there are, I mean, I, I there are thousands of games available on the Switch. I want to say less than a hundred of those have sold a million units, right? To to sell that many is in and of itself, I think, for any franchise, good, right? So it shows that there is a demand worthy capitalizing on, right? For Metroid Dread to sell three million. Um, copies in in a genre that truthfully is not like super super popular compared to other genres like in the grand scheme of the industry uh 2d metroids like still aside from samus returns or haven't had a ton of games the franchise really didn't have a big footprint on the uh, system at the time three million units for metroid dread i think was really good and a full price keep in mind most of the games in this genre are like a third of the price like maybe twenty dollars at most absolutely and then you look at Metroid Prime Remastered. I mean, look at all of the things that were against Metroid Prime Remastered. Not against it, but just the circumstances of it, right? So again, digital only for two weeks, then became physical. The sales only being tracked for about two months. Um, no marketing, pretty much. I mean, it was... Physical tw- copies being hard to find. Well, physical copies being hard to find for sure. And then like, unless you like go on your Switch menu actively like to look at new stuff, like or you're on Twitter... You might have seen a YouTube pre-roll ad. I'll be honest, I saw a few paid ads on Reddit for about a week or two, like uh, here and there. And to be honest, they were probably geared more towards me because of my interests on on Reddit or whatever it is, right? Like who knows what how other people might have seen them. Not a lot of push compared to Dread. Not a lot of push at all. Yeah, I remember seeing Snapchat ads for Dread, and that just blew my mind. I was like, what Dread, year is this? I mean, Dread had, like, <laughs> these big video releases, like a whole treehouse segment. I mean, it had a lot of stuff behind it. It had, like, a, a lot of social, like, a whole social campaign around it. It had, I think, a TV commercial. Like, it was like it was a whole thing. Metro Prime Remastered had none of that. I think a big thing is, too, Metro Dread was released just before the holiday season, if not at the beginning of the holiday season in 2021. Metro Prime Remastered was dropped in the middle of February. Christmas is already months over. There's not another major, you know, consumer holiday coming up until another several months out, really. Um, so it's it's dropped then. There's no big holiday push for it. And, I mean, at the core, at, at the end of the day, Metroid Dread was a completely new game. A game that people have been waiting for for decades. Metroid Prime Remaster is a remaster of a 20-year-old game. And I think in the context of that, as much as Metroid Prime is a fantastic game and I think one of the best games ever made, for a lot of people, especially younger players who who might not have grown up on Metroid Prime, it might be a bit dated to them, you know, compared to maybe more modern FPS. For it, for all of those things against it, for it to still sell about like a third of what Metroid Dread has, I think it's pretty successful. And even just, you know, kind of, you know, almost the way it's titled. I mean, you know, when Metroid Prime Remastered, during the first episodes of the podcast, we were debating whether or not we would consider it a remaster or not, just because of, you know, the amount of overhaul the visuals got. Mm-hmm. That's coming from people that have played the original release who have that comparison to make. A lot of people, they don't have that comparison, so they probably just see remaster and they probably 
maybe they see like a few seconds of a clip and it's like, oh, it's it probably doesn't look that much different than the GameCube version, not knowing the fat, not knowing the generational leaps that this new version has over the over the previous version. Yeah, and and then it just I mean ga- how the game is built, right? It's a it's a single player game. If you're not really invested in single player FPS games, it might not speak to you, right? If there's no multiplayer component or FPS doesn't work for you and all that, like those could be kind of accessibility things that just might not make you want to invest in playing in the experience. And if Nintendo's not trying to sell you on it really, it's kind of just trying to sell you on name alone. If you really don't know the name, which as much as Metroid Prime is a really well-known name, it's not, you know, as flat out well-known as some other titles. I think it's well-known in the gaming community, but outside of the gaming community, um, like, like in your general, like if I, like if I ask my roommates right now, Hey, have you ever heard of Metroid? I guarantee like maybe one of them might say yes. Otherwise it would be full nose across the board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, and that's, I think, speaking to it, too, is that just on name alone, they sold a million copies, I would say. Like, people saw Metroid Prime Remaster, and that was enough to sell a million. Like, I think that's I think that's saying a lot, really. Um, and I think and the Shadow Drop, too, right? Um, no lead. In, if you weren't watching the Direct, you might not have even known it came out. <laughs> so that's another kind of lead-in, too. Dread, even though it had only three months or so of lead-in, still had a lead-in, and it was a big part of kind of Nintendo's summer releases at the time, or like summer announcements of upcoming releases at the time. Yeah, it was kind of the uh, the launch title that accommodated the uh, the Switch OLED model too. Also, a good point. Yeah, that's a, that's another great point. It was kind of tied to that as well. So people looking to make hardware purchases were also enticed to make a software purchase with Dread. Yeah, and from what I've hear, heard, like that game is like especially good looking on the. Um, on the Switch OLED screen, too. So you almost think that, like, maybe that title was created with that specifically in mind. Yeah. And and it's I actually saw some people talking about this um, recently, how some people were debating, like, oh, was it, like, an official Metroid Edition Switch or not? And obviously it wasn't. It, it wasn't, no. But, like, just the opportunity, like, if I were to just slap a couple, like, image JPEGs in there, you know? Just throw an yeah. image on the side and, like, a Samus and sell it as the Metroid Edition, boom. I mean, I would have bought it, but to be fair, like, I will literally buy anything with the word Metroid on it. Yeah. Proof by my sealed copies of Other M and Federation Force. (laughs) Sealed Federation Force goes hard, man. I I need that. Sealed US and European release, since they have different covers. Mm Mm-hmm. That's actually oof, and and we were just talking about this recently because those two different covers isn't. I feel like what weren't we talking about how the European cover is actually kind of good. Yeah, the European cover yeah. goes hard. I the like European the European cover. European cover is actually despite, not bad. Despite the terrible art style in general, like the actual cover and the way it's outlined and framed, like it's so much better than the uh, U.S. cover. Mm-hmm. I think we. I don't think we've done it. I think we need to do a uh, cover art game cover like tier definitive ranking for the series. I think at some point. Oh, absolutely. That's hand. That is absolutely happening someday. I don't know whether or not we should do that before or after Prime Four, but it's definitely something I want to do someday. Hmm. Maybe we should wait for Prime 4, but that might be a long time coming. Um, real quick, too, I think something to also put into consideration for both Dread and and for um, and for Metro Prime Remastered, and I think just a lot of games in general, just I think of the options people have on the Switch and for games these days. I looked it up. The, the Switch literally has, according to the search I did, over 4,400 games available on it. Like, that's the amount of options you have that you could play on your Switch. I'm not sure if that's inclusive of, like, original games, or I'm assuming it includes, e- like, eShop or whatever, right? But compared mm-hmm. to, like, Metroid Prime back in the day, 
the GameCube, I think, had only a total of maybe 600 games in its lifespan. I don't, it, so, like, that's a completely different option, right? Like, a massive difference in your options in terms of... I mean, there's no backwards compatibility on the GameCube. And Metro Prime is a launch game, too. Um, so, you kind of have that in the back of your head. I think especially the later you go into Switch's, like, um, lifespan, there's a lot more There's a lot more options. Some people just aren't going to be always jumping in to buy the next, you know, release because they already have so many other games to play. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to note, though, I think now Metroid Prime Remastered makes Metroid Prime once again the best-selling Metroid game. If you were to push all of the Metroid Prime Remastered, the original Metroid Prime release and trilogy together, I think that now makes Metroid Prime the best-selling Metroid game again over Dread. I mean, you could. I personally yeah, so wouldn't you count it. <laughs> you, you could. I, I personally wouldn't count it, but you, you could theoretically make that argument. Yeah. But, right. um, so... Uh, there, there is, there is one thing I do want to also mention about okay. the uh, the prime remastered sales, and I think a, a, th- a lot of people, obviously, we all know that Metroid, you know, doesn't sell well in Japan. I think everyone kind of knows that, but yeah. to really put into, I, I don't think a lot of people really put into perspective just how low those sales are in Japan, and I feel like even even I didn't realize it, and I thought I did, but basically the financial report. Every single release on that report sold at least a hundred thousand units in Japan, except for Metroid Prime Remastered. Even like, even like random, generic third-party title that you'd rather play on, like you know, the PS5 or the Xbox or the PC or whatever. Even those titles sold at least a hundred thousand in Japan. Metroid Prime, I think it just barely passed fifty thousand in Japan. To really put in perspective, just how little you know how little appeals to that audience and why that's not you know that's not my expertise i couldn't tell you that but um but yeah that's um that's another contributor to the sales as well because if you look at the um the overseas sales um this game topped uh the kirby deluxe whatever it's called the game that it came out just return after Dream, Prime return to dreamland yeah 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 that yeah it sold overseas prime remastered sold even better than that did but it was because of those big japanese sales and you know, those low prime sales that it was able to over... I believe it sold about... I believe that sold about 1.45 million copies. So that's why it was able to just just top um, Prime Remastered like that. And I believe same thing with uh, Fire Emblem Engage as well. I believe believe overseas they at least sold similarly if um, if Prime didn't top it. No, I'm looking at it now. So, I mean, Metroid Prime Remastered literally sold 50,000 copies in Japan and then all the other units for outside of it in comparison kirby's return to dreamland deluxe 40 uh, 54,000 uh fire emblem engage 43,000 like that's a staggering difference whereas overseas fire emblem engage 118 you know or one point you know one eight you know million whatever it is and metro primary mastered has over a million you know a million and forty thousand copies coming from overseas like it's just yeah the, the ratio to that yeah there's no other game i mean the closest looking at just that like screen grab right there Mario Strikers Battle League, which I feel like was a very lukewarm release. Even that did 17,000 sold in Japan, you know, compared to Metro Pro, or I'm sorry, 170,000. Yeah, I was about sold. to say, Not, 100, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they do it in tens of thousands. I'm looking at these numbers. It's always throwing me I know, off. yeah. It's... I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, 170,000 in Japan compared to the 50,000. I mean, that's a huge difference. That's... 
that's something I feel like I would love to talk about on the show more, maybe either now or, or later, but like what Nintendo has to do, if there is anything they can do to like really just make Metroid more, it's like, it's like the one IP they have that just Japan does not care about at all. Like, I don't know what they could do to like, to change that but i feel like if they did metroid metroid just shoots up because it's an entire part of the world that just does not buy it yeah we need well you know what we need is we need someone you know someone who either lives in japan or someone who's versed in japanese culture who's also a metroid fan to like maybe explain explain to us like you know hey what are the barriers of entry you know um you know for this audience you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like i i would have absolutely no idea what those barriers would be yeah, I, and I think, I'm not. I've never really been sure over time, like why it is, because I feel like maybe you know I've I've read like oh it's kind of like too Western sci-fi, but like sci-fi is big in Japan. Like I don't know, mm-hmm. it's and there's all sorts of kinds of sci-fi that's popular in Japan. Yeah, Star Wars is big in Japan. That's like very like yeah. obviously it's you know obviously it's inspired by like you know old samurai films and whatnot, but like it's very clearly like you know. A Western IP, and you know that's huge in Japan. Yeah, and and I feel like I mean I don't remember what Dread sold in Japan. I'm assuming a little bit more than Metroid Prime Remastered, but probably not that much more. But like you know, part of me has thought, oh maybe it's because like console FPS wasn't big in Japan, like which could be true. But like Dread, half the series is not an FPS, and nowadays I feel like that's kind of shifted, especially like you know PC FPS have become more popular in Japan over time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. I I mean, I think, I think there's definitely some more research and research that could be done there. Um, just on our end, and then yeah, I would love to talk to someone that maybe has like in 2023. Why is it not selling? Like maybe there were different, you know, reasons in the past, but nowadays, like why is why is it still not selling well? Um, mm-hmm. Which I'd be curious to know for sure. Yeah, and that's obviously not to say that everybody in Japan does not like Metro. That is obviously oh, not well, the case, especially oh, well, yeah. <laughs> No, especially I don't think if you've seen, that. yeah, especially. I don't think so. I just wanted to. I just wanted to clarify, though. Like, especially if you've seen people like you know, Bomb Bomb cosplay in their, you know, their incredible Samus cosplays that they've done. Like, obviously, well, there certainly are fans some Japan, people like but. it because <laughs> some people are buying it there, which is you know, that is like, at least at least fifty thousand people, people bought it. Yeah, so like, yeah, clearly some people there do like it. But I just, I think it's interesting because I can't really. I mean, aside from the fact that like. I mean, Xbox kind of has the same issue in Japan. Just Xbox in general just doesn't sell in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a completely different... Um, I, I personally, off the top of my head, like, and it's not something I've really thought about or, like, talked about much, or, like, what are the different factors going into, like, why, you know, a console or game might not be received well in a certain region. Um, but I think that's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. But now something else I wanted to think about and have been thinking about since Metroid Prime Remastered has dropped in these... Uh, uh, sales numbers have come out is now how metro prime 4 might sell right because now we're thinking metro prime 4 it could be a launch title it could um I, I, would, I would assume it would it would sell better than metro prime remastered um do you it's gonna likely have way more marketing we'd have to imagine right probably released near the holidays right it's gonna be a completely new game would have to imagine it's gonna be sold digitally and physically at the same time um, Doom, I can't remember what you've thought in terms of what you think Metroid Prime 4 could sell in terms of like sales numbers. So I would love if you could maybe refresh me and then maybe if you think, have, have your thoughts on it changed since Metroid Prime Remastered has dropped, which is why I'm asking. Um, now that we've seen how Metroid Prime Remastered has dropped, are your thoughts on how Prime 4 is going to succeed or not succeed changed? 
I mean, not really, because we haven't seen the game yet. So it's like it's so hard to tell like what those sales are going to be. We haven't seen, you know, what how Nintendo is going to push this title. We haven't seen what you know when it's released, what games it's going up against. Because I mean, that's also a big factor too. Because like you know, Metroid Prime Four, you know, it could be you know it could be a holiday title, it could be summertime, it could release in a good spot. But then you know, you know who knows? It might also release against you know Elden Ring Two. Probably not, but like who knows? You know, I'm just I'm just spitballing in the air. And uh, if that were the case, like it would probably get just absolutely demolished. You know, well, if, like okay. it was. Well, but, well let's, know, just... let's let's assume that Nintendo's doing their best to not have that happen, okay? Because yes, yeah, so obviously <laughs> anything could happen here. But I'm assuming, like, okay, now that you've seen how Metroid Prime Remaster is done, and Metroid Prime Four is going to come out at some point, and Nintendo, we'd assume, is not going to release it at the same time as Elden Ring Two, or release <laughs> it in the middle of February, or not release it for digital. Like they're trying to sell it. What do you? How do you think? Have have you have your thoughts changed on how it might sell? You know, you were disappointed at first on how Metroid Prime Remastered sold. Is that influenced mm-hmm. on you? Like, oh, maybe people might not be as interested in Metroid Prime as I thought. Like, that that's kind of where I'm, I'm going with it. Yeah, I would say just knowing absolutely nothing about the game in general, other than Metroid Prime 4 exists, I would say, I would say Metroid Prime 4 million is, uh, is kind of what I would, I think would look really good. That's not what it needs to sell, but I think 4 million would be like, a incredible tremendous success for that game i think i think for prime 4 2.5 to 3 million about that dread range i think that would be now a lot of people if it did sell that much would be claiming oh metroid's dead the series is dead it's all over it can't can't even beat metroid dread a 2d game oh metroid it's put on a, about to be put on ice again you you know that like all those twitter posts and youtube videos would be coming out if it hit those sales I disagree with that. I think that would be a success. That would be good enough for us to keep getting Metroid games. But four million would be incredible. Dare, five million, and now, now I'm not even sure if five million is po- is possible. I I hope it is. That five million, I feel like, I feel like five million would like change the course of the series moving forward almost hmm. permanently. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I there's one particular thing you said that I'm going to get to in a moment um, in terms of what it has to sell, because I don't think it necessarily has to sell anything, but there's, I think, one market should hit, I think. Um, yeah, I, I actually think, in the past, I've said Metro Prime 4 is going to sell 10 million, 10 million units. I don't really think that's going to happen. If it did, I would be, I'll, I'll buy a million units myself. Um if Metroid Prime Force Summit, that's that that is never going to Not happen. Shaking. No, I know. I I mean, never going to happen. But if it did, that would man. That if Metroid would, Prime Four sells ten million copies, Metroid Prime Five is be, coming out the next day. That is all it I'm would saying. like they're like going to ch- turn them out. Nintendo would be treating Metroid like Splatoon if if that was the case. It would be treating it better than Splatoon. It'd be tra- there would be a new Metroid game come out every year. Without question. Well, Splatoon, well, Splatoon, well, Splatoon sell. I believe Splatoon three has no. already broken ten million. I don't think so. I don't unless think I'm. It, I don't think it has. I could be wrong. Hold on. Let me. I I, um, I believe Splatoon three. Maybe I know Splatoon two has. Splatoon two, I believe, is at like seventeen right now. Let me see. Splatoon two is at thirteen. Splatoon 13? three is okay. at ten. Okay. So okay. Yeah. Well. There you go. Um. Little off on Splatoon two, but little off on it. Yes. Um. 
so I think personally at this point, looking at how Metro Prime Remasters sold, how Dread sold, I think we're going to hit around five to seven million units globally lifetime, likely around five to six at launch and then seven lifetime maybe, or five launch, six lifetime. Um, I think based on how Dread and then just Metroid Prime Remastered, I feel like a lot of that was sold on Metroid Prime's name alone. Um, personally, I think it needs to hit at least 4.12 million units sold. And why do you think I chose that number specifically? Uh, I genuinely can't think off the top of my head what the what the point twelve represents. Because <laughs> the Wikipedia told me that that is how many units that Retro Studios best selling Switch game has sold. Donkey Kong Country uh, Tropical Freeze. Oh, okay. I, if I'm Nintendo and I take Retro Studios and put them on Metroid, and I'm looking at them in, in juxtaposition of the previous series they worked on on the Switch, and Metroid Prime doesn't sell more than Donkey Kong, if I'm Nintendo, I might think. I might put them back on Donkey Kong. You know, that's kind of I, I think if they're going to make that change over, well, I, 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 I would like I, I would necessarily... like I would like it to see it go over Tropical Freeze. Maybe Nintendo well, doesn't think that, but I well, think I, it should I would, sell at least that. I So I agree. I would love to see that. I, I think mean, it would bode well I, for the franchise if it did. I mean, obviously, we want the, we want this game to sell as many yes. copies. No, as possible, but I mean, like, I, I like... think I think it bodes better for Metroid if it sells more than Retro's previous best-selling game in a different IP is specifically mm-hmm. my point. But I'm, I'm just saying regarding Donkey Kong, though, like, I mean, I mean, hell, we already have rumors right now that there's a new Donkey Kong game being in development by a different studio. And I feel like Donkey Kong is a pretty easy IP. I use the term easy loosely, you know, armchair game dev and whatnot. But I feel I feel like that's a pretty easy IP to, like, you know, put in a different studio's hand, yeah. even a different internal studio at Nintendo. Yeah, I, I think it's it's also, I think, to show like progression, you know, if Retro can jump to Metroid and bring it up to the same level, even better, like that looks really good, not only for Retro to stay making more Metroids, but also for Metroid in general. Um, I would love it to hit that milestone. Personally, I think seven to five million units is very doable. If Dredge sold, I think three million, I think Metroid Prime 4 can pull off like with marketing, with the right push being, you know, potentially having multiplayer, more replayability, whatever it is. I think there's so much that could really hit it, but I think five to seven is likely the max at this point. I would, if, if Metro Prime Remaster, or Metro Prime Four sells more than seven million units at this point, I would be very surprised, and I think the series is a okay. Like if even five unit, five even, million. I was about to say, if even I five. would be, I would personally be surprised if Prime Four tops five million, and if it does, oh, I, I think like we're we're smooth yeah. sailing if it hits five. I agree with that. I wouldn't be surprised, but I agree we'd be, we'd be smooth sailing. Because, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, right, Metroid's not going to hit 50 million to 15 million units ever, I think, real, realistically. Like, that's reserved for Mario, yeah. Zelda, Smash, uh, Pokemon, Animal Crossing. That's yeah, that time like, is long past for that's Metroid. It. Uh, I don't, I mean, yeah, that's not happening. Um, then you have, like, the 7 million to, like, 13 to 14 million range, and that's, like, your Splatoons. Your Mario spinoffs, so like Luigi's Mansion, Mario Party, and all that. I think Metroid Prime could hit that, but it would be. Ve- I don't think it's. I don't do not think it's at all likely. I think if Nintendo. Well, I don't even. If, oh, sorry, go on. I would like if Nintendo makes it like the launch title for a new system. They put in mad marketing. Like there's no competition. Um, I mean, more marketing than we've ever seen from Metroid. And like push for it. Combined of all the other games, I think would be required for it to hit like 
over seven millions and to get into like potentially 10 million. Like that is a like system seller, like um, must have game at that point for the system specifically. Um, like it would have, it would be very unlikely. I think it could happen, but Nintendo would have to put a, such a push into it that they've never put into a Metroid game before. Well, I, well, the thing is, like, in terms of for Metroid to be successful, I don't even think you need to go to those levels. I think Metroid can still be successful as a B tier franchise on the level of like Fire Emblem or Kirby, specifically overseas. Obviously, Japan yeah. is very different, but like overseas Kirby, Fire Emblem, a Xenoblade, even I, I think is a great example. Like, that's a very niche series that you know is able to sustain itself despite you know usually only selling between one and two and a half million units i but i think metroid doesn't need to be niche like it could i like i don't think every ip oh, if I, you push it super hard would sell a lot it's kind of my point like i don't think i don't think if you pushed every ip and put a ton of marketing behind it it would sell 13 7 to 13 million units i think metroid prime could um and i think there is that demand um and then obviously you're in that like five to seven million range those are mario spin-offs zelda spin-offs or remakes kirby i think that's where i think that's where metroid is like getting at that point like it's not it's not obviously at mario at pokemon at all that but it could be like you said in that b tier range like it's right there i think that's that that i think that five to seven million range is what would solidify that for me for metroid yeah if it hits that five to seven million range then it's like okay metroid's not might not be tier one but tier two it's right at the top, you know. It's it's right it's right in there, you know. It's right. In I the agree. Of the That's frame. it's definitely it's it's the realistic goal that I think like we're as fans we're like trying to pull the franchise into. Well, I mean, I can only do so much buying my copy, <laughs> you know, doing my part. I can, but I I hope it does that well. I mean, I hate me with to... my, me with my three copies of Prime Remastered. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I I mean, I bought two. I thought I bought um. Yeah, I bought three copies of Metro Prime Remaster as well because I bought a digital copy and two physical copies. Yeah. Yep, so. I got a digital copy, one physical U.S. copy to keep sealed, and one physical Japanese copy to keep sealed for the alternate album album cover. Mm. But Doom, the U.S. copy has the same one but reversible, but then I'd have to open it, and I got to keep both games sealed, you know? It's... Got to do it. Got to keep... I, I at least have one sealed as far as I'm concerned. Um... Yeah, so so Metroid Prime Remastered overall, I think looking at everything contextually, I think Metroid Prime Remastered sold r really well. Like to for a twenty-year-old game remaster or not to sell another million units, like I think is fantastic. It shows that there's a demand for Metroid Prime, really based on on name alone. You know, because I mean, for th them to shadow drop the game, like you're essentially saying, like you are not trying to sell the game at all, essentially, and assuming people are going to get it, and they did. I think that speaks volumes, really. And I don't think a lot of IPs could do that, aside from ones that are givens, like Mario or Zelda, whatever it is. Um, overall, I, I know you were disappointed at first, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that you've, you've come around a little bit, because um, I think I think it was positive news. I was I was disappointed, I'm not disappointed, but I saw some people like, oh, this, like, I was hoping for a lot, and I agree, like, you know, hey man, if if Metroid Prime Remastered sold two three million units, I'd be over the moon. But um, I think even a, a million units is, is a big milestone. And show I, with that and Dread together, I feel like that's putting uh, you know Metroid in such a good you know spot going forward for sure. Yeah, I'm not thrilled. Like I like I've saw some people online yeah. that were like jumping out of joy, like oh my god, guys, Prime Remastered sold a million. And it's like okay, like come come on, it's not it's not that exciting, but. Uh, but uh, on, on the same time, I've seen you know other people that are like, "Oh, series dead, game over, future." It's like, <laughs> dude, come on, yeah, come on. 
I, I think like, it's, it, to me, it, it's very much one like, million is fine. It's very much like talking about like going on uh, wrestling forums and talking about like ratings for episodes. Like end of the day, like enjoy the game or enjoy the show or whatever it is or or not. Right. And and I that's I wanted to do this episode to talk about it, but I try not to get too worked up about like how much of the game sell or not. Blah, blah, blah. Like who's buying it? Who's not like I, I just want the game to be really good. And I enjoyed Metro Prime Remastered. A lot of people did, too. And I think that speaks volumes on its own. And how it sold was just a a depiction of how people felt about the game, which is great to see. Um, before we wrap up kind of our thoughts on this, we want to jump back into Metroid Prime Remastered itself as a game. Um, Doom, I don't know if you've actually, when you went back to the game last, um, since you played it, um, I've done a couple runs on it, or three or four total now. Um, but it's been a, been a couple weeks since I've, I've jumped in. Um, so I'm not sure how much you've really thought about some of these things, but I'm curious to kind of pick your brain a lot about uh, a little bit about it. Um, a couple months later, top three things that you, uh, top three favorite things in Metroid Prime Remastered for you. Looking back at it a couple months out, what would you, what would you say? Top three. Well, well, since the hard mode playthrough I did, uh, before we recorded episode two of the podcast, I believe I have not, unfortunately replayed the game in full since then. I've mm-hmm. done a couple you know, did a couple of friggin' Orpheon runs, you know, just because just I really love that area in general, but I just haven't really had the time to dedicate to video games in general. I haven't even had time to dedicate to Fortnite recently, and y'all know how uh, much I love Fortnite. We haven't played so. <laughs> we haven't played Fortnite together, which is a shame. We we should. We should we need to get I, I finally, a Mega Metroid game uh, Fortnite night. I, I logged <laughs> on to buy the gritty emote when it was available just to add Have that to, to my collection. Have to. It's a it's a law. It's, it's required. required. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you can't join the squad if you don't gritty, for real. Um, but no, like, um, so yeah, I haven't really had much time to play that. Obviously, I was talking earlier about how I haven't had time to play Tears of the Kingdom yet. But, uh, you know, now um, once I finish my capstone revisions, I'll be uh, doing some Tears of the Kingdom. I'll definitely be doing some... Um, I want it specifically for Metroid Prime Remastered, because uh, in my college dorm right now, my TV sitting behind my laptop is only... It only maxes out at 720p, but I want to play that on my big old 65-inch 1080p TV uh, for Primary Master because I haven't got, I haven't gotten that experience yet. I've gotten the surround sound experience with my my headset, but I want I want that pristine big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Back to the topic at hand, though. <laughs> after that little tangent is over now. Um, Top three things I love about Primary Mastered. Obviously, first off is is the visual upgrades. I think that's going to be everyone's number one thing mm-hmm. that they love about Primary Mastered. I mean, you know, we've talked about this so much on the podcast before, but you know, at least for me, I don't know about you, but for me, I was expecting at most Primary Master is probably going to be among that kind of Wind Waker HD Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Edition kind of level where. You know, it's mostly texture work, it's lighting changes and stuff like that, which still looks really good. And obviously that would be, primary would still look really good with those changes. But that was kind of what I was expecting at best. And then at worst, probably like a Skyward Sword HD or a, or a Mario 3D All-Star. I was expecting like, a Skyward Sword HD, to, to be really honest. Yeah. that's. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't, I don't know what I expected just because like it had been dragged along for so long that like who knew if it was going to be an actual remaster or a remake or just a re-release, a port, who knew? And for me, I was like at this point, if they can just port it to the Switch and add dual analog and maybe make the edges a bit less like jagged, like I'd be okay with that. So Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't expect what we ended up getting. 
So yeah, yeah, it was it was. I, it was great. I remember watching that trailer and like obviously I the second I saw Metroid Prime Remastered, you know, in that little in that little bottom when they just when they just dropped it like so casually. I was just like, "What? I'm already freaking out." Yeah. But the moment it really hit me was when they show the first shot of Chozo ruins and like I actually mm. I I did that I did the meme face though. Cuz I was just like cuz I was just like, "Hold up. That's new." Yeah, that's new. That's not that's not that's not retextured. That is a that is a new model. Uh, mm. And then they showed Magmore Caverns and I'm like, oh, my God, the lava looks so much better now. And then and then, oh, my God. And then the Talon overworld uh, landing sequence. They right when I saw that, I was just like, bro, this is they they did it. They re, they remade everything. This is mm. incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, that's obviously my number uh, my number one favorite thing about this game. Uh, my number two, and uh, I'm quite biased in this regard, but the um, the soundtrack, and I'm and I'm happy about it for two reasons. One, I'm so unbelievably happy that they kept the original soundtrack. Mm. I wouldn't have mind if they did something like Xenoblade, where they gave us a new soundtrack, but then also gave us the option to access the old soundtrack. But one thing I was not really worried about, but one thing, one potential concern was if they just completely replace the music altogether but they didn't it's the same you get you get the brand new visual presentation which you know brings the game up to modern standards even above modern standards in you know some circumstances as well mm-hmm. and um but they kept the the original soundtrack which you know for me is just so perfectly encapsulates what that game is about you know and how the environment is able to almost escape from the TV and into and you know into your brain I um and going off that soundtrack and even the overall soundscape and folly in general, but the um the audio quality is significantly better because on the GameCube um all of the all of the audio at best is downsampled to uh, thirty two thousand hertz, whereas on the on the Switch that's forty eight thousand hertz. And you know for those for those who aren't you know proficient in you know audio engineering and stuff, basically the uh. The music industry standard for for audio is forty four point one thousand hertz, and so the GameCube is below that, and the Switch is above that, which is about the quality that you that you'd expect on like films for like Blu-rays and four K and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so to have that, and so to have this new pristine crystal clear audio, um, especially if you're playing on like a big surround sound system or in a headset like I do, man, it puts this game on a whole new level. And, um, you know, if you're a fan of the Metroid Prime soundtrack, obviously, you know, you know, you're going to love hearing that rip. Um, you know, uh, someone should definitely provide that. That would be that would be really cool. I agree. Wink, wink. I agree. That'd be sick if someone did that. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so you said so the visual updates, the soundtrack or like just a soundtrack. And then what's your last last favorite? Um, probably it's, so it's a tie for me between the dual analog controls and probably honestly, the, the new accessibility options, even though I personally Mm. don't use them. And, you know, we were talking about this in the podcast as well, like a Nintendo game with accessibility options in the year 2023. (laughs) What is like, what is this? Yeah. But I, but I think that's really cool that like people who wouldn't be able to experience this game at its prime pun, not intended, you know, they can now, you know, they have more options available to them to more customize the experience to their um to their likings and even and even the controls like there's so many mm-hmm. 
control options, which again, you know, outside of Smash Brothers, you don't really see for Nintendo games. It's like, yeah. this is the control scheme. This is what we've created for you. You better like it. Even even for the virtual console, you know, they took away the feature to, you know, buy to rebind the buttons for those. Mm-hmm. But you can um, obviously you don't have button remapping and prime remaster, but you have all sorts of different ways that you can customize the controller. And for me personally, that actually really helped. I did utilize those those custom control options, you know, to be able to create um, an experience that really catered to me. Mm-hmm. So I very much appreciated that because that definitely, I, while I was expecting dual analog, I didn't expect that level of cus- customization. Yeah, I wish it was a bit better, ex- a bit like finer executed, better executed. Yeah. Like some of the, I wish it wasn't like sliders for the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. That was kind of dumb. I, I also, I also wish that all the options were available in the menu because some of those are mm. hidden in the pause menu and you can only access them That's good in point. game, which I don't understand. Like, why not just have those in the menu as well? Because I didn't even know about a lot of these options until I believe someone in our own Discord server pointed it out to me. That's interesting. I guess like the assumption is like you would only want to make those changes when you're already in game, but that's a good point. You might not even check that if you check the menus at first before you jump into the game and don't see them. Uh, like, Which yeah, is that, what that, I did. <laughs> yeah, it should be one-to-one. Like it, the options should be the same anywhere. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, at least for me, obviously, I mean, no, I think I, I was like wondering like what is my, my, what would be my top favorite? What would be like, you know... Um, would it be dual analog or would it be the updated graphics? And, you know, I'm looking for my phone and I know it went off somewhere. But I would have to say that coming back into it, the dual analog felt really good. I was really happy. To, and those are my top two favorite parts. But, like, man, the updated, like, I feel like the lighting and the new, like, texture specifically, and, like, just the models or whatever, just, I feel like just re-immersed me into the game, you know? I don't think, yeah. I, I don't think it would have been the same if, like, I got dual analog, but it was just the same looking game, you know? Like, it would have felt good, it would have been cool, but, like, I've played Prime Hack already, you know? Like, I've played, I've played the game, how it looks, but getting it updated entirely visually, especially in terms of like, you know, the enemy models, the character models, and just like the lighting, like just the the fused light coming in and and how things like just looks like the glows of, of, you know, lichen on the wall, like and how the water looks, I mean, fantastic. Just those kind of things really kind of bring you back into the world that I don't think just re-entering it how you've seen it for the past 20 years would really do. And uh, that really, I think, got me really excited because... And I've said this on the show before. I didn't really, for a while, didn't care if Metroid Prime or any of the originals got brought to the Switch. It's like, I've played them before. I could play them on you know, mouse and keyboard, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then seeing it and really remastered officially, like graphically, I think just made such a huge difference and showed how much like care was put into the game. And specifically, like seeing like the adult She-Goth, like its eyes more detailed and like, you know, its claws and, and, and teeth and all that. And, and even the pirates themselves and friggin' Orpheon, you can see like the detail in their in their character models. It was that that kind I of love, brought it. I love ahead. the new injured pirate models. Yeah. Like, there's so it's so grotesque and um it really, really like, really leans into those HR Geiger influences, and it's just mm. oh, it's like a, it's so cool seeing retro kind of just double down on those kind of those kind of gory details almost. I 100% agree. My phone keeps going off, and I want to find. I, it. I hear it. I, I, I hear it. <laughs> it's somewhere in my room, and I don't know where it is. That's gonna. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So I 100% agree. I think you really kind of you kind of see like the original vision so much more 
I think now in a lot of ways, like even though it's a diff- like different people who brought together, I feel like they were able to really like that's and I said this with Andy, like when we first got into it, like this is what I remember it looking like in my head. Like it didn't look like that. But like as a kid, you kind of fill in the blanks, in your imagination, you look back on it, too. Like this is really like this is, a, I think, the essential version, I think, which is mm-hmm. really a big part of it for me. Um, and then obviously the dual analog. Awesome. Love that. Perfect. Great. Um but the third thing, I wasn't sure what I what I wanted to pick for this. And I think the third thing for me was actually the extras menu. Uh, the extras was was honestly one of my favorite things to dig into. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Like once you get past like the actual game itself, like okay, the dual analog, awesome. The game looks great, as you said, sounds great. Um, all the accessibility options, awesome. But like the concept art, the dioramas, like and all the added, like the old stuff, the new stuff, they. There was a ton of stuff in there. It's awesome. I love the extras. The new, the new concept art was just such a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's like, it's something I was not expecting it's at beautiful. all. Beautiful. Yeah, especially because like concept art in general, like that's just not something that you really see from Nintendo in a game that much. Like you'll like you know if there's a collector's edition, you know you'll get the art book and then then you'll get the concept art in that format. But otherwise, you know you don't really get that stuff in game. And to have and again, no, I, this was something I didn't even know about going in. It's not like I, you know, there wasn't a Twitter post or anything that, like, yeah. quote unquote spoiled it, even though I, I wouldn't consider that a spoiler. But it, still, it was so nice just, like, opening that up and just seeing, like, oh, here's a pe- here's a new piece of concept art specifically created mm-hmm. from the new team at Retro for Metro for uh, Samus's ship. Something that you've never seen before. And it's like, Wow. That is incredible. Here's here's the here's something from Kyle Heafy, someone who we talked about on the podcast before uh, joining Retro Studios back in the uh, back when we were reporting on every janitor that got hired at Retro Studios. Now yes. we're actually seeing the payoff for that. Like how awesome is that? That's actually like full circle there. You're right. And that was such a bit that was that was a stretch of time where the the news reports were who is getting hired at Retro. And and now we see it was worth it. I mean, I'm even looking at a screenshot right now, like um, the concept art, absolutely incredible. It brings everything to life. And then, like, one of the things I saw immediately in this game, the Parasite Queen. Like, you can see all, like, the the breaks and ridges in its exoskeleton. And, like, it, the... Oh, my God. So, so good. And then the extras, you get to see, like, that much better. Like, in even finer detail. It's, it's really awesome. So, I, I love that they added all that. And I feel like, again, it makes it, like, the essential version. It... Maybe it is missing a like it's the, it doesn't have the the fusion connectivity, so maybe it, that doesn't make it the essential version. But or it doesn't have I think the original Metroid, which the original release did. But are we okay with losing those things? I'm okay with losing those things. Personally. I w- I would personally like them to patch in. I I feel like I feel like you know when you release Fusion on the Switch Online, that would have been the perfect time to release the Fusion Suit patch. Yeah, I think that would still be nice. I it, I doubt they're gonna do that now. I don't think we're gonna see any patches for this game. Unfortunately, but you know it's you know it's it's a it is a sacrifice I'm willing to make to say the least. Hundred percent agreed. One thing, um, one thing I also do want to add to the visuals that uh, I would mm. be remiss if I didn't is, uh, my God, the new animations. They're, most yeah. of them are really and subtle. And the cutscenes, yeah. Mo- most of the animation changes are so subtle, but I think they make such a huge difference in making... Because the original animation, Samus feels very robotic, which is understandable. You know, it's a 2002 GameCube game. You know, we didn't yeah. have that kind... <laughs> you know, we didn't have that kind of technology yet. The but technology was yeah, not just, there. Yeah, yeah, we didn't we we didn't have Patrick smashing the uh, the PC monitor. Yeah, yet. exactly. 
But um, but yeah, the the subtle animation changes they make Samus look more human, and in drastic differences, particularly that Metroid Prime boss fight cutscene, that is mm-hmm. such an insane glow up. That new running animation and that little pause she does before she uses her momentum to carry herself into the jump, so cool, so kick ass. It it takes that animation alone just takes that fight onto another level. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I love that they went back and and kind of not just like put a, like a fresh coat of, of new paint on it, you know, but really went in to make things feel actually natural, I think, which I, I don't think the original is missing too much of that, but it really just kind of like uh, smoothed out the edges, I think, is probably the best, best way to look it's at that, it. It's that extra little coat of polish that just that just finishes the experience. Exactly, yeah. Um. All right, and then one more thing. So I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to... Uh, maybe because now you haven't. I actually think this is a good question you, for you specifically at this time because you haven't been gaming recently. So, let's say Nintendo dropped like you know a patch tomorrow, and it was three features for Metroid Prime Remastered that like for you like you'd have to you'd have to jump right back in and start playing those things. Not nothing that like dramatically alters the game. You know, like not like oh it adds like a whole like new campaign. Or something yeah, like we're that. we're not we're not getting the crate fight. We're not getting the crate fight. Yeah, exactly. But like, what what features do you, like? If you could add three features to Metro Prime Remastered, so like a randomizer, boss rush, like whatever stuff like that. Um, what do you what do you think would be your three picks? Like, if you couldn't get any other ones, just the three. Like, what would be the most important to you? First and foremost, update the credits. Credit everyone. That's that's top priority without question. Credit every single person on the original team that wasn't credited. Give the full credits to the original team, even if it's you don't even have to include it in that same credit sequence. That could be like um, and this was actually something that uh, Jack Matthews even suggested when um, Kiwi Talks interviewed him for the second time when they were both doing their kind of dual primary master review. But it's something that I think would be really nice is after you beat the game once, you know, you also unlock the original credits that you can view separately as well in the extra menu. I think that would be a great compromise to credit the original retro team. And then, and then for the current credits, you know, just update that to, you know, to include everyone that just wasn't featured in the original, probably not going to happen, but that's what I would want. That was my number one. That's my number one most desired feature. One, one that I dare say the game needs personally. Um, my second, the second patch, and also I doubt this will get patched be- because well, we, apparently we're, we're, don't worry about if it's going to get put in or not. This is if yeah, you can yeah. pick anything. Because uh, apparently, well, apparently I'm the only one that's encountered this glitch so far. But both both of my playthroughs, I have encountered such an annoying audio bug in Research Lab Ether. I specifically remember the room. It's where you first encounter your. It's where you encounter your first Metroid. And that little mini boss fight happens. And specifically in the second story of that room, there's an annoying audio bug. And you can kind of hear it on TV speakers, but when you're using a surround how a surround sound headset, it is really bad. It like it sounds like the audio is cutting in and out. It's that bad. But after you but when while you're in the same room, after you leave the second story and you jump out the window and you go to the first story, the the, the bug goes away and everything goes back goes back completely normal. I don't know why I'm encountering this bug. It seems like no one else has encountered it, or at least no one else has noticed it. But I have, and it really annoys me, and I wish it was patched. <laughs> All right. Okay, we got to... F- so, so your must-have features so far are the new credits and fixing a bug. Those would bring you right back to the game. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to the game regardless, no, obviously. I, I but like those, sarcastic. yeah, yeah, those, those are really, those are really the only two things that are like no other features really, that you would want to see. Nothing at all. I mean, there's stuff I'd want to see, but okay, like pick those one. are like the only. I don't know. Maybe if you could pick any of like, them, like, like that's the thing. Like those are the first two that like come to mind. But like other than that, it's like. You know what? Sure. Like um, a randomizer, a randomizer. I've always wanted to, I wanted to see that in Metroid Dread. I still think that's a big missed opportunity. Do that in Prime Remastered instead if you're not going to do it in Dread. Or patch the fusion suit. Why not? Get Make Prime Remastered complete. There you go. Patch the fusion suit back, in, back into Prime Remastered. That's, that's patch number three right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's kind of a larger topic is like, will Nintendo ever do an official randomizer mode or feature for a Metroid game or any of its games? Yeah, I uh, Andy Andy and I talked about that. He doesn't think that there's ever going to be a randomizer in Metroid. I agree, and I, I'm kind of inclined to agree with that too. It's it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because I don't really know what Nintendo's thoughts on randomizers are. But at the same time, at least hearing what the Pokemon Company's thoughts are on like even Nuzlocke runs, which have nothing to do with like yeah, you know altering run- the game yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearing you know hearing what they think of just even that like. I can't imagine Nintendo has very popular thoughts on randomizers because that's not the way they intended you to play the game. And yeah. so I guess the only way the only way I can see them doing a randomizer is if they intended it to be played that way, but it's kind of uh, I don't know. It's with that, Nintendo, that would have you had never to have know. Been like a, uh, <laughs> that would have had to have been like a, fund- a foundational like facet of Metroid from the get-go. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like the game had to be about, built around that. I agree. I would be very surprised if we ever saw a randomizer. It would be really cool. I think for me, real quick, um, I would. I honestly thought about this. Uh, I would love. I mean, first of all, I would love a, a harder difficulty, a one that doesn't increase um, the like. I, I don't necessarily want like spongier enemy. I just want a harder difficulty. I guess like one where maybe they enemies don't have more health, but they damage me a bit more, and maybe have a bit better AI and whatnot. Like a harder mode than the hardest mode because I feel like the hard like there could be a step higher challenge I think in the game. I agree with that for sure. Maybe even um, I don't know if it's possible in the game because maybe you know this will would start to mess with the you know the frame rate and the performance and whatnot. But maybe having more enemies on screen possibly mm-hmm. could also be an yeah. addition. I would also be down for that. Added a couple more enemies, definitely hundred um, percent. I've wanted that. I wanted that after doing my 100% hard mode run because I did a regular normal ro- mode run. I did a normal 100% and then a hard mode 100%. And I did the hard mode 100%. And I was like, it was a bit hard, but it was mostly like a test of like stamina and like getting it done, not necessarily like difficulty. Like it was going to get done one way or another, just going to take a little longer. And I it didn't wish- feel like it, it felt, it felt harder, but it didn't feel like a test. It, it wasn't fe- like. It yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like dread mode where it's like okay no, this is no. a test right here. Yeah, and I don't want dread mode. I want something in the middle I in the middle closer to hard mode than dread mode, but I wanted something that's like I'm not going to die in a single shot, but I wanted a bit even in hard mode I found myself able to just like run through rooms, you know, yeah. and just like ignore stuff which you can do on normal. I want to go through an, uh, a a difficulty where I'm not going to get one shot, but I shouldn't be able to just mosey on through any room especially in like magmore or phase and mines and just be able to just run through something and not interact with any en- enemies i should be losing more than one energy tank during the 
during the final battle like <laughs> oh yeah exactly yeah that's I, I that's probably my biggest thing is to have that a, a harder that, honestly difficulty. honestly i feel like that would actually be a really good way to increase the difficulty just stop dropping um stop dropping uh health during boss fights i think that alone would be like a really cool option mm, yeah i agree or like cut it in yeah half still drop you still drop missiles and stuff like that because i feel like that's you still like that. pretty important yeah but like health i think that would be a really fun addition agreed yeah you continue to drop ammo but you got to manage your own health that i definitely agree with that would be my biggest one everything else would be icing on the cake i actually think it would be really fun for metroid prime remastered if there was a co-op mode um i think it would have been a really cool way to maybe bring some new people into the game potentially um, jack do you hear that what you don't yes. hear Andy screaming I, in the background know, right now. I know this is blasphemous <laughs> to to, uh, to to say this, and I don't. He I don't, just paused. He just paused. Tears of the Kingdom and, to get on, and I don't want this for Metro Prime Four. But I thought maybe for Metro Prime Remastered, it might have been fun to for someone who is not really well versed in FPS games or maybe games at all. You know, um, when I think of like Super Mario Galaxy, where you play co op and like one person can like shoot little star bits at things like maybe there's a mode like that where you're able to play as a, a floating metroid or something and like float around and help a little bit or maybe you are just another samus and you know help out i thought i, th I honestly i feel like as long as it's a toggleable option yes like uh, it kind of defeats like it's not the real metroid experience but in my in my opinion if they're not going to play the game anyway if it's different the difference between not playing at all and maybe playing it in a co-op version i'd rather someone who has never played metro before at least try it out co-op you know and, and see if they'd like it i think it'd be fun like i would carry my mom for example mother's day theme like she wouldn't be able to handle metroid Prime, but like she could like if i carried her along you know and she walked mm -hmm. around with me and shot a couple things and watched me as i did the puzzles you know and all that like i think that would be fun for Metro Prime Remastered, since it's not like a main game, I don't know. Oh, that, that would be cool. I, you know, I say why not if it doesn't yeah. impact the single player. You know, back in the day, you know, we had four Master Chiefs running around on the screen, and no one questioned it because you know it's a co-op experience. Yeah. So yeah, I think you could have two Samuses running around. Why not? Yeah, I think that'd be fun, and I think it would have been cool for like people who have never played Metro before, you know, to maybe give that a chance and and play with a friend. You know, that would have been that would have been cool. I know it's it's kind of an antithesis of what Metroid is, but it might have been. A, I think options, nor options, the better these days, and it doesn't take away from the main game. Um, you know, if someone walks away too far, just teleport them right back next to the main player. Um, and then the third one, uh, I think maybe if they had like uh, more challenge, maybe like some challenge. I think this actually would have been fun. Maybe like specific challenges you could have done in the game, like beat the game, uh, like in-game challenges. Uh, maybe get a certain item in this amount of time or beat the game in this speed. I thought it'd be really cool if like the game loaded you in and you had to go into the world and like find a unit, like an enemy to kill and kill it in a certain amount of time. You have to hunt, literally hunt it around the world and like go into all the different areas and look for it and try to kill it in like a certain amount of time, like little like challenges like that to like jump in and into the game in a different way. I think it would be really cool. You know, we talked a little bit about the fusion suit. I would have loved to have just more skins in general. That's something I want for Metroid in general, especially now that we have so many different suit designs. Like, give us the option to, like, have different little suit pals. You could do, the, you know, the fusion suits, obviously. Now you could do the Dread suits. I feel like that would be, like, a big one to do, you know, with Metroid Dread. Maybe maybe if you have Metroid Dread save data, you know, you unlock those Dread suit designs. Yeah. Um. You know, the Samus Returns suits. I think a lot of people would pop off over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that'd be cool for sure. Um, and maybe they could tie that to some cool little challenges or whatever. Like, 
get a certain suit by doing completing a certain challenge in the game or something like that and, and try to tie it in that way. Um, yeah, I think there have been... I, I, w- I would like to see some cool ways for them to do that in Metroid Prime 4, but it would have been fun to see if maybe they tried to be a little more experimental with it in Metroid Prime Remastered. But anyway, um, that was our uh, continued discussion of Metroid Prime Remastered. We jumped back into it. I'm lo- You know what? And now that we've talked about it, I'm going to jump back in. Uh, maybe I won't even get... Uh, Tears of the of the Kingdom. I'll just play Metroid Prime Remastered again on my flight on Wednesday. Who knows? I mean, you can't go wrong either way, really. I agree. I agree. Well, at the end of the day, I think we. I think now we both agree. Metroid Prime Remastered definitely a success. Uh, sold really, you know, sold a, a solid amount of units for being, you know, for what it was and and how it was released. Uh, over a million units sold, and we're looking forward to seeing how Metroid Prime. 4 does and how you know metroid 6 does and all that looking forward to it as well uh do any any final uh, thoughts here before we sign off cannot wait to see the inevitable metroid prime 4 trailer this year that's the thing we're in mid-may now like when is it when are we getting that metroid prime 4 trailer is it going to be in the next couple months is it coming i'm expecting i'm expecting september because there's there's some rumors going around the internet right now that there's not going to be a nintendo direct this year which honestly wouldn't surprise me because we didn't the have a summer, direct last mean. year either. Yes, yes, yeah, the yeah. summer, yes. Yeah, we're say, not having... We've already had one this year, but the summer, yes. Yeah, yeah the summer, the, the big the big one, the one that everyone Yeah, like the, know, the really E3 wants. one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, so, yeah. That would be a yeah. bummer if we didn't get that, but I guess if there's no Metroid or DK like... news, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um... It's kind of weird because on one hand, like it made sense last year because Nintendo, we didn't know it at the time, but you know, in hindsight, you know, Nintendo pretty much had all of their lineup already announced. And so it makes sense they didn't have a direct announce. But as of right now, the only other title we know about really is Pikmin 4, to my knowledge. I don't think we have any news of anything else coming out this year. Yeah, I will actually, the, the fiscal report from Nintendo said exactly what they have, at least first party wise to look forward to so we can pull that up right now to literally see what it says and i'm pretty sure <clears throat> pikmin 4 and metroid prime 4 it's the, it is, it's the fours baby it is pikmin 4 and metroid prime 4 i was about to say that yeah and then zelda which hadn't come out just yet and now it has so that's it i think that's actually the the biggest i mean metroid prime 4 excites me but now it's like there's so much unknown i think with nintendo at the moment we don't know what like what's going on with their system and there's literally two games they've announced. We don't know what the next big Mario game is going to be. Pokemon game, like any of that. I mean, sure, a new Pokemon game just came out, but like, and there's a new one coming out like every year, but like, we really don't know like what Nintendo's cooking for the most part, which I think is really interesting. Like, are we going to get a new, you know, announcement for us, a console soon? Are we about to get a bunch of new first party unannounced titles completely revealed for the first time soon? Like, I'm, I'm curious to see what's next. My prediction is that the rumors are true and we don't get a June Direct, and it's because Nintendo is winding down their lineup for an early 2024 release of their next console. That's my prediction. <laughs> this is based off absolutely no knowledge. I am purely throwing a dart on the dartboard and that going with it. That would be crazy, But that man. is... I, I mean, I can't... I mean, imagining a new Nintendo system within a I know, year it's, is... It's, cr- I know. It's so wild. <laughs> I, I feel like... I could almost see that because I still think we're going to get Prime. Well, I don't know. If we get Prime 4 in 2024, I think we get the new console in holiday 2024. 
I could see that. I think we get all those things happening in about a year and a half from now. I think a new I Nintendo see that, console yeah. early next year, I think, is a bit too soon. But I agree that Pro- I probably think start- Early next year is probably too I soon. Agree, I agree, though. More, I was yeah. more so thinking along the lines of Switch, but obviously that was a very different circumstance than what this new console is going to be being introduced into. Of course. And I, but I do agree at the end of the day, though, that they are definitely starting to wind down their major releases for this console, I think. And if they're, and honestly, if I'm Nintendo, I'm making a new big release, I'm putting it on the next console anyway. You know, So why yep. wouldn't they be doing that? So I guess it all yeah. remains to be seen. We'll continue to find out. I'm not sure what's going on in the show next week, but I won't be around here. I think it'll be you... And Andy next week, potentially. Actually, well, I don't know it, if you'll even be here. Yeah, I was about to say, so it all depends on when we record. So usually we record on Sundays, but that is my graduation ceremony yes, next week. Yes, yes, So uh, assuming we do record then, I will not be on the show. If you do see me, it will be either before or after that date. So uh, y'all will just have to wait and see. I guess we'll figure it out, but um, I will definitely talk to you before this. But on the show, I probably won't, so... On the show-wise, congratulations on your graduation. Uh, I'll definitely talk to you before then, but um, that's awesome. Have fun and enjoy the post-grad life soon after, because that is the rest of eternity, unless you decide to go back to school, I guess. Um, but yeah, congratulations once again, my man. Yeah, I would have uh, I would have liked uh, to play some stuff off Kanye's graduation album for this moment, but uh, fortunately, uh, I don't think uh, this is the right time with uh, the current Kanye that we've well, been dealt with. <laughs> well, with that, well, with that, uh, we will sign off here at Omega Metroid Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for joining us on the show. Of course, you can check us out on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. You can check my man Doominal out at at Doominal Cross. You can check myself out at Dak City underscore. You can also check out Andy at Spateri316 on Twitter or 361. It's 316, right? I feel like every yeah, time three, I say yeah, 316. It's, I feel like every time I say it's true, I always do that. But yeah, you got to be confident. Jack. I know it. I know it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it. I should. I should know that. But um, of course, you can also check us out at omegametroid.com. We have all the latest shows, Metroid news, fan posts, um, definitive rankings. We have the the extra shows, Andy's you know review show, the uh, ROM hacks. We have those up there. The Patreon bonus shows as well. Well, that. Well, well, nowadays, well, Rumhacks is finished right now. He's well, doing finished, uh, the great still, Metroid area. It's still, I, mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten. I, you, you cut me off at the knees, man. The Rumhack, Rumhack is available, but yes, the great Metroid area ranking is also available. Andy's newest show. You can also check out his virtual theater, which isn't even Omega Metroid, but check it out. Zelda Cast as well, because he's covering Tears of the Kingdom, um, and or the Champions Cast, Zelda Cast, um, and overall. You can all check us out wherever you want to get your Metroid news. Omega Metroid is where it's at. Thank you all for tuning in on the show. A hundred and was it 65? 165 episodes. Crazy. But yeah, um, who knows who, who will be here next week, but we'll continue on through our Metroid journey. Thank you all for taking us on your Metroid adventures. We absolutely love and appreciate you all for tuning in every week and joining us not only on Twitter, and on the podcast platforms where you can get all your favorite podcasts, but also on Discord. Feel free to check us out on Discord. Join our official server. We're always chit-chatting on the show and uh, in the in the Discord about the show, about Metroid. It's a lot of fun. Definitely join us. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you next time on the Omega Metroid Podcast. Have a good night. <laughs>